live from BetQL. We're live from Philadelphia and Chicago with Mark Drumheller and Kate Constable filling in here on the BetMGM tonight, presented by who else other than that? BetMGM. We're going to bring in our guest of the evening, Carter Freeman, over at 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, and BetQL's Bet Nation on Sundays. Carter, thanks so much for joining us tonight to talk a little college football. Some big news over the last couple of hours and this hit kind of right before we went on air. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to really dive in and figure out what's going on, but there's talk that Colorado is going to leave the PAC 12 and head over to the big 12, possibly by 2024. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on with that situation? Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I uh, really appreciate it. And yeah, I was planning a nice evening of watching the finale to Marvel's secret invasion. Cause that came out today. <laughs> and then Dion and Colorado were like, you know what? No, we're going to blow up your evening. And from everything that I've seen, it seems like uh, Brett McMurphy, who's a pretty trusted college football insider is reporting that this is happening. Like this isn't just talking about like by tomorrow, the vote will be in and Colorado will be, will, you know, put in their, uh, not in, they won't get invited. What's the, you know, they'll put in their application. They'll get accepted. To, yeah. Yeah. And so there'll be a big 12 member come 2024 again. Wow. Carter, when we look at the big 12, like, do you think part of their decision to go over there with Dion, obviously, you know, it, it's a lot of eyes, right? He's going to bring, you know, a lot of attention, but you know, with, Texas and Oklahoma being set to leave like do you think that they look at that as like hey this is a conference to where you know we might be able to have success a little bit sooner than in the Pac-12 where you know you, you still have your Utahs and your Oregon some tough programs just what are your thoughts on how they fit in um, in the Big 12? I think it, they'll be really interesting, but I think it depends on how Dion, if his wild roster makeover that he's doing right now works the biggest thing for Colorado is to me, they have a home, they have set, you know, millions of dollars that are coming their way because the PAC 12, it's been over a year since they said they opened the negotiations for their next media deal. And I make this, I make this joke pretty much every weekend on Bet Nation that we got a new update that there is no update on the PAC 12 deal this week, guys. <laughs> so, you know, we're still waiting. And uh, I think Colorado just kind of got tired of waiting. And them and the other three four corner schools, Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah, have all been flirting with the Big 12 the most out of any of the schools from the Pac-12 ever since USC and UCLA left. So I don't know how much of this is competitive and that it is just kind of making sure that they stay uh, afloat and a power I might soon be for school because with Colorado leaving, I just think the floodgates are about to open for the other schools. And I honestly, I don't know if this is, I don't think it's better competitively because I think the Pac-12, even with Utah and Oregon and Washington still there, I think if what if it works with Dion at Colorado, they'd have a solid shot to win that conference, you know, every year. But this is much more about, you know, staying afloat, making sure they're still relevant and making a ton of money going forward. Yeah, it almost feels like, Carter, that within the next five, ten years, the conferences are going to look just drastically different, almost where we don't even recognize them. Uh, because earlier today or yesterday, there was a picture posted with uh, Brutus 
Buckeye Brutus, whatever his name is from Ohio State, with the Oregon Duck. Mm-hmm. Possibly, like, what? Is that a cryptid, cryptic um, picture that maybe Oregon is going to be on the move and joining the Big Ten? We already know a couple teams in the Pac-12 are heading over there. Like, Do you just expect tons of movement across college football over the next couple of years? Yeah. I mean, I, that's college football's history. Is it's If you look every decade, without fail, there's some sort of realignment, and we're in a pretty another pretty big uh, phase of it. Uh, In Brett McMurphy's report, he said that uh, Washington and Oregon had been vetted to join the Big Ten months ago, but that the Big Ten didn't want the Pac-12's blood on their hands. So they kind of wanted to wait and see what happened with Colorado and with the other four corner schools, if they would potentially go to the Big Big 12 or if the Pac-12 would work out this media deal. But now we seems like Colorado is officially moving to the Big 12, not this season, but next. Who knows what's going to happen with those other three schools? I would not be shocked to see Oregon and Washington eventually make their way over to the Big Ten, which I would help, you know, that's probably more money with NBC and all their TV partners. It's an easier travel partner for USC and UCLA. And then past that, if I was any of those other four corner schools, if the Big 12 wants me, I'm going. Because again, it's a, it's a Colorado thing where you have guaranteed money, you have uh, a future in this, you know, the power part of uh, FBS. And that would be a damn good basketball conference if those schools end up going that way. So, yeah, I don't think we're – I don't think this is going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, it's almost like the Big Ten is going to turn into the Big 20 uh, before we – you know, before we realize. <laughs> yeah. But, Carter, let's talk about, you know, this upcoming season, the Big 12. I know you're an Oklahoma guy. I, I like them in this conference. I think they do bounce back with Venables. But I like to look a little further down the odds boards – Um, Texas Tech is a team that I had my eye on. Very easy start to the schedule. Big, tough game of week two against Oregon, but they get that at home at Lubbock. But I think you're going to see the offense take another big leap with Zach Keatley. The defense, probably going to go backwards a little bit. But listen, college football is about explosive plays. It's about putting points on the board. And I think Texas Tech's going to do a lot of that this year. What are your thoughts? Like, after we get past Texas and Oklahoma – what are your thoughts on the other teams in the Big 12, your Kansas State, your Texas Tech, your TCU, on which ones might be able to sneak up and be a surprise team this year? Uh, you hit the nail on the head for me. This is something I talked about last weekend, too, was I love Texas Tech right there sitting at plus 900. I think what Joey McGuire did in year one with a kind of a roughshod roster after, oh, my gosh, Matt, those Matt Wells Texas Tech teams were dreadful. Like, at least the Cliff Kingsbury ones were fun. They would score a lot of points and give up a lot of points. But the Matt Wells ones were just like I went to an OU Tech game in Norman several years ago, and it was great because OU smoked them. But it was just it was such a non-competitive game. And uh, just, you know, me having watched college football, seeing what Tech can be like, I'm so glad they moved on from him and brought Joey McGuire in because I think, A, what they did last year was very impressive. B, the powers that be in the Big 12 that are leaving in their last year aren't going to be you know, their usual powers. Like I am an Oklahoma guy. We had an awful 2022. I expect us to bounce back, but I don't know that for sure. Texas was picked to win the big 12 this year. So that means they're going to go eight and four. That's just how that works. (laughs) They just, they end up losing three or four games every year. I'm not even as a biased OU fan, I'm just not going to buy Texas until I see it on the field. So I love Texas Tech sitting there at plus 900. I'm interested in UCF of all of the new schools that are being added this year 
Gus Malzahn always ends up winning seven or eight games. And if the, you know, he gets a couple coin flips that go his way, that could be nine or 10. They have a, uh, they're the only one of the uh, four new schools that has a returning quarterback that knows the system. And UCF's been generally good ever since their, you know, national championship season of 2017. So uh, UCF Tech and BYU is the only other one I would kind of maybe be interested in only because they lost their quarterback, but they've constantly beat F, uh, Power 5 teams, especially in the Pac-12, uh, for their entire history as an independent. So they're interesting. I'm not quite buying them, but Texas Tech at plus 900, I really, really like that as a number to uh, throw a little money on. So there's maybe not as much parity in the Big 12 as the odds board suggests suggests because you have the the four teams sitting up top texas oklahoma k-state and texas tech and then you drop all the way to 20 to 1 for tcu who was in the college football championship last year like this horn frogs team not gonna look a thing like what we saw last year is that what this is telling me i really don't think so and tcu is one of my <laughs> favorite teams having grown up here in the metroplex i always enjoy uh, you know some hypno toe they got that frog in them from last year but yeah they lost their quarterback starting quarterback their best offensive lineman their best running back their best receiver countless other players on the defense and going back and looking at or re-watching the tape of that Fiesta Bowl they played against Michigan it took so many lucky ridiculous things and Michigan just playing like absolute trash for them to even win that game and TCU was a good team last year don't get don't get me wrong but all the reasons they were good are pretty much gone and now they have former OU quarterback Chandler Morris as their probable starter so I just I think they've lost too much I, they'll still be a bowl eligible team for sure. Sonny Dykes is a good head coach. They'll be a competitive team, but I just think all of the lucky breaks they got last year aren't going to break their way, and that'll definitely break some frog hearts along the way. Carter, let's look to week one, right? TCU laying 20 against Colorado, two teams that we talked about. 20 points, a lot to lay. This is a game that I've been targeting there, no, everyone's going to be watching this game just to see Deion Sanders in his debut here. Um, I, I'm hoping this thing goes over 21, maybe take a shot on Colorado. Do you think TCU has the firepower to, to cover this kind of number in week one? I want to say yes, because Colorado was so, so bad last year. They went 1-11, and they very easily could have gone 0-12. But... I just, with Dion, this crazy roster flip he's done, I mean, he's brought in more five stars in the last couple of months than Colorado's had in, like, what, their entire history, those two cornerbacks they've got going for him. He's got his son who knows his offense. Like, man, I really don't know. I think I think Colorado, I, I don't like him to win that game, but I think I like him to cover because I just yep. – it is such a it's such a toss-up. Um, but I think Colorado would – I think they'll lose, but I do think they'll lose by less than 20. But it might be 19. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, Colorado was one of the worst covering teams in all of college football last year. I think we might see that flip a little this year. Uh, Carter, real quick, Colorado's win total this season, three and a half. Can they go over that in about 30 seconds? I've been on the Dion train ever since he joined. I think I don't think they'll be bowl eligible, but I think the Pac-12 is going to be really competitive this year. I I'm taking the over. I think they could win four, maybe five. 
I'm with you. I think you have to take the over on that. Coach Prime in Colorado, new spot. I think that's uh, a good bet right there. He's Carter Freeman, producer over at 105.3.